So give me your worst two dame combination for a, a name for your imaginary child from two important people in your life. And it can't be Renezme. No, it can't be Renezme. You don't know those people. <laughs> Haju. So it would be your name and mom's mixed together into one terrible name. Okay, well then I'll go for a boy's name, Tom. The combination of Tom and Mark. <laughs> That's cheating. Oh, well, it's my question, so. <laughs> okay, fine. Torque. I, Edward Cullen, take you, Bella Swan. For better or for worse. To love. To cherish. As long as we both shall live. You did this. I can't see Bella's future anymore. We don't know what they bred. We have to protect the tribe before it's too late. You're the enemy now. Sam won't hesitate. You will be slaughtered. I'm starving you by the hour. I'm the one who loses you. You have to accept what is. You've given me no choice! Get ready. They're coming for Bella. I'm not gonna touch her. If you kill her, you kill me! Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is More is More, a bad movie podcast. Where today we're talking about Breaking Dawn, the... Part one. Uh, part one. Let's be specific. Yeah, we didn't watch four hours of movie Although we this. probably could have. It would have... There was not a lot going on. Yeah. So the, the fourth out of five Twilight movies... They knew. They knew people weren't caring what they were watching. Oh, no, they, they absolutely knew. And literally every single Twilight movie made more than the previous one. Yeah. I mean, it was not a bad choice on their part. Yes, although it was painful to sit through for me. Yeah, everyone else had to suffer. Um, I just imagine all of the fathers dutifully taking their daughters there. Yeah, I will say we're not suffering as much as any of the young girls who internalize these values, so well, I guess we won on that count. <laughs> uh, we do start this one with another voiceover, though. Childhood is not from birth to a certain age. And at a certain age, the child has grown and puts away childish things. Childhood is the kingdom where nobody dies. Edna St. Vincent Millay's poem, Childhood is the Kingdom Where Nobody Dies. Well, Jacob's childhood is clearly over because he's at the stage in life where you get wedding invitations in the mail and it makes you so angry that you run outside and take your shirt off to run away in the rain. Question, Some of us turn into wolves. Yeah. <laughs> Question mark. Why did they send him a wedding invitation? That seemed really thoughtless. Yeah, it was a weird thing to do. I mean, I get being in that position. I don't get being in that position. <laughs> but I can imagine if you are in that position, you're like, well, what is it worse not to send one? I guess it's because they actually, they were inviting, they invited a lot of people from the res. But the, like his, the entire res, pretty much. Oh, yeah. So they invited his father, probably because he's really good friends with Bella's father. Oh, yeah. So maybe he got the invite instead of Jacob. I really hope that's the case. Because I don't if think... they sent an invite to Jacob, they're the worst people on the face of the planet. Have you watched any of the <laughs> previous movies, Rose? And question mark, did you watch this one? <laughs> they definitely sent one to Jacob and probably signed it like XOXO, hope you can come. <laughs> Bella's not worried about that. Over at the Cullen's house, she is breaking in shoes that Alice insists that she wear. They were so pretty. Yeah, they were pretty. Her dress was really pretty. Everything was beautiful. Um, but she's super ungrateful for the whole thing and not making any effort to wear them. Yes, but at the same time, if imagine Alice as as her mother-in-law or what or her mother or something. Like she totally went bridezilla for Bella. Oh, I'm not saying that that she should have had to wear them, but she agreed to do all this stuff that yeah. Alice was doing because she doesn't care what happens at her wedding. Yeah. She is fine, I assume, with just going to a judge and getting married in front of them cuz let's remember she didn't even want to get married in the first place. So if you're going to let somebody run your entire wedding and she gets you super beautiful shoes to wear, you should learn how to walk in them. Oh, Bella would have gone and had it at the Burger King drive-thru. Like, <laughs> yeah. she does not care. Yeah. As the vampire set everything up at the Cullen house, Alice sends Bella home to rest. 
Edward meets her in her room and thinks that now is a great time to reveal his darker past. <laughs> oh, this was so pointless. It was so dumb. It never doesn't affect any of the rest of the plot. No, it's just it's a moment never brought of up angst. Again. Because Edward has not gotten enough angst in this franchise yet. Agreed. Don't worry, he'll get a lot more. So he's saying she doesn't know everything about him, all the terrible things that he's done. That's oh, so gross. And <laughs> he's like, you know, Car- I, I resented Carlisle for curbing my behavior, you know, not wanting any of his family to kill humans. So he went off on his own for a while after he was turned so that he could know what real hunting was like. He pulled a Dexter and only killed people who were would-be murderers or actual murderers. Yeah, so they set up this flashback where it's like he's watching this beautiful young woman in the theater and you think he's going to eat her, but like he actually eats the person who's stalking her and going to kill her. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I'm a monster! Yeah. And I'm like, I can't deal with it. I just I know. can't deal with this. I can't deal with your level of angst over this, and I can't deal with Bella's level of that's completely fine. Yeah. Both of those are not the right. Both of you need to meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah. He's still trying to convince Bella not to be turned, basically, which is a bigger fool's errand than Jake's invitation to the wedding. Yeah. And a conversation we've had for literally the past three movies. And we don't need to revisit it. I'm so sick of having this conversation or hearing other people have it. So Edward then goes... it's like there's a trampoline outside of Bella's bedroom, second story bedroom window. Because, like, Jasper and Emmett keep bouncing up to, like, say things. And they're like, come on to your bachelor party. And I get that they're vampires, but it just looks really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's not helped by the fact that Jasper and Emmett also look pretty dumb. Yeah. As per usual. Very true. Bella goes to sleep, and she has a dream that she goes to the wedding, and everyone is wearing white. <laughs> As is traditional. (laughs) And then when she gets to the altar, the vampire Illuminati is there. The Vulturi, but I couldn't remember and wrote vampire Illuminati. And (laughs) then she and Edward are covered in blood and all the wedding guests are dead at their feet, which they deserve for all wearing white. (laughs) Not what most people think of when they talk about cold feet. Well, it seems like it was somehow affected by... I mean, the only reason I can possibly think to include... Edward's dark, not really very dark past is so that she can then dream about him killing people. Yeah, she's in worried. wedding nerves. But that's never recurring. We're never then worried he's going to lapse into hunting humans again. No, and she never is either. She's definitely not worried. Honestly, if he did, she'd probably be like, well, that's still fine. So having seen the rest of the movie, this dream was neither a premonition Mm-mm. nor any sort of valid concern over what's Edward's gonna do. No, none of that. None of the angst up until now is relevant. Yes. So the wedding is the next day. Her high school friends are at the wedding, and Jessica once again steals the scene. So, um, you think Bella's gonna be showing? Jess, she is not pregnant. Okay. Most gets married at 18. Bella looks as awkward as ever walking down the aisle. And has her mouth as open as ever, which, again, I know I've said this before, but if you have your mouth hanging open all the time, it makes you look stupid. Yeah. It doesn't make you look awkward. It makes you look dumb. And I laughed so hard when the wedding started because literally people are sitting down. They're like in the act of sitting down and they start the vows. And that's the only part of the wedding that we see. I have been to some 15-minute weddings, I'm telling you. Yeah. And I've never been to a wedding like that. Yeah. Yeah, if you're, somebody people, should at least say stuff about the couple. Right. Most people at least try to, to be like, oh, got to get some filler in there. Yeah. Got to have a reason, you know, let's justify the fact here. that we did all of this stuff. I mean, the Cullens spent a lot of money. I know that doesn't mean anything to them, but they also spent a lot of time. When they invited a lot of, of this people. up. Yeah. So, the other thing for me is, okay, this wedding was performed by a man in a suit. Yeah, with no (laughs) religious affiliation, and we've never seen him before. That's weird. It felt really weird to me. Like, at least put a collar on the man. But what was even stranger is, then thinking about Edward 
wanting to be married. Mm. Super duper wanting to be married. Because <laughs> he's so old-fashioned. Because he's so old-fashioned. But he's going to get married by some guy in a suit who I assume is doing this with the authority vested in him by the state of Oregon? Washington. Washington. At which point, what does it freaking matter? Who, who got, like, internet ordained yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah. I know. Isn't that strange? So old-fashioned. Uh, you can really tell. How did this happen? Because I know that Edward has to be somewhat religious because he believes that he's damned for all eternity, having lost his soul when he became a vampire. Maybe he was just ahead of his time as far as, like, I'm spiritual but not religious (laughs) religious. Yeah. It was weird. It was a weird choice. It sure was. I've also never seen anyone just straight up make out at the altar, but I've also never been to a wedding for teenagers, so (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that tracks. But again... Edward is supposed to be super old-fashioned. Theoretically, he wouldn't be really down with PDAs. Oh, they are macking down. Yeah. In fact, at one point, guys, we get a really awesome glimpse into their own private world. Because at one point, you do a 360, all the seats are empty behind them. It's like they're alone. It's like they're alone up there. (laughs) And it was so beautiful that I divorced Mark because our relationship (laughs) isn't like that. Sorry, that's the first I've told you of it. Will you tell mom and dad? <laughs> Will be a conversation I look forward to having. Great. I won't be there. <laughs> um, so Billy Black, Jacob's dad, roll, rolls up in his wheelchair and hopes that Bella will be happy. Very pointedly, just Bella. <laughs> there are also other vampires there. These are vampires from the Denali National Park. I don't think it's ever been made clear in the movies that that's where they live, but they're a colony of vampires that live in Denali and they are all the same kind of vegetarian that the Cullens are. Irina, who I know from the books will show up in the next one, was apparently in love with Laurent, who is the vampire who was with James and Victoria the first time we met them. And then he tried to kill Bella later when he came back. Just because... Yeah, because he, he he didn't even plan on it. He was just like, no. Nah, but I'm and he didn't hungry. have a great reason for it. And... You know, when you go to the store and you're hungry, <laughs> yeah. it's it, you always regret it. Uh, usually not killed by wolves, but oh well. So Irina knows that Seth and his friends killed Laurent. She's like, oh my gosh, there's one of them here. They killed Laurent, and Edward is like, he was going to kill Bella. And she's like, I don't believe that. He would never, he wanted to be like us. He wouldn't have done that. And I was like, uh, okay, that's pretty rude that you came to their wedding and then called them liars. I know. Whenever families get together at events like this. You're going to call someone a liar. always squabbles. And a murderer. Exactly. So there are more speeches at this wedding than I've ever seen. And Jessica's was by far the best. All of the weddings I've ever been to. Yeah, um, Jessica's was great. Well, Bella was just like everybody else, totally mesmerized by Edward. And then suddenly, Edward is all about Bella. Even though she's not the captain of the volleyball team. (laughs) I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Or the president of the student council. It's a... No one really knows why she's talking at the wedding because she was not part of the bridal party. Also, I think it's funny that Emmett was talking. I actually did think that that was really funny and on brand for Emmett to say something that's really dumb and like inappropriate, but he thought it would be funny, but nobody else thought it was funny. Bella, I hope you've gotten enough sleep these last 18 years because you won't be getting any more for a while. (laughs) Well, right, because only the vampires would understand the reference he was making, because otherwise it just sounds like he's talking about, you know, married life. Yes. <laughs> Which did not make Bella's father very happy. No, it I didn't make anybody really happy. No. Her mom, I don't know if she did give a speech. We saw her singing up there on stage in the microphone, and that was weird. I think we were supposed to think it was touching, and yet the whole time I was like, oh my gosh, this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever happened. Yeah. You know, we also didn't mention Bella's mom was super thrilled when she got the wedding invitation. I know. She wasn't like, she was like, oh my gosh, honey, it's here, it's here. It's happening. And I'm like, (laughs) you're not like, oh my gosh, she's actually doing it. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, she's just like, whatever, I'll just go with this. I'll just get really into it. It's fine, because you're like magnets, and that means you need to be together forever? I guess so. 
Magnets can't and should not be separated. That's in the Bible. (laughs) So I also think that it's weird that Edward spoke at his own wedding. Yes, especially because Bella didn't also speak. I know. I've never seen anybody speak at their own wedding. He just needed to let the world know how much he loves her. There's dancing, of course, and I'm disappointed that these vampires haven't learned to dance better in all the time they've been alive. They are doing the same basic, terrible swing dance moves that every high schooler does. Mm -hmm. The kind where you only know one progression of these three steps, and so it's very clear that no one is leading. (laughs) It's terrible. Jacob shows up, though. I don't know why he couldn't be at the reception with everybody else. They had to, like, go off and meet him in the woods. Uh, Well, I know, and I'm like, I know it's because he's not being shunned by his people for doing this, because his grandfather, or his father, is the one who tells him, like, hey, there's someone waiting for you. He's not being shunned by anyone. I think probably he he can't stand to see them for a long time at this point. So Edward is the one that walks her out there, and he's smiling, like he's super happy to see her. I know. that, That scene was weird. I didn't understand that. Either way, they have a pretty good chat, he and Bella, until he freaks out that Bella and Edward are going to have their honeymoon while she's still human. Such a weird conversation to have. I know. He's afraid that Edward will accidentally kill Bella with his super sex. (laughs) And a weird thought for Jacob to have. It would never occur to me. This is the thing. Even if you were a super strong supernatural creature, it would never occur to me in a million years. Oh my gosh, he's going to kill you while you're having sex because he's so strong. I know. Because werewolves are just as strong as vampires are. And he doesn't seem to be concerned about his pack leader and his human girlfriend. Yeah, y'all all all have girlfriends. Well, not all of them yet. So clearly it's possible for superhuman creatures to control their strength. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because basically they moved this conversation from, like, I don't know if they did this so that Edward wouldn't have to talk about it as Thankfully, much. Thankfully, he was not present. Because I think in the book it was Edward who who was like, that's not a good idea. We shouldn't do that. I thought he did that in the movie. Well, he did it before. Okay, he did kind of do it, mention it a little bit when, yeah. she, when Bella wanted to have sex with him in the last movie. Yeah, kind of, but he really just said, like, I'm old-fashioned and I don't want to until we're married. Yeah. Of course, we have also gotten the whole, like, I can barely even kiss you thing because, yeah. like, so overwhelmed by your awesome smell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, it's just, oh, no, I think that was, I think that was the line, awesome smell. <laughs> Any discussion of intimacy between the two of them is always terrible. Yeah, it's awkward and stilted, and they try to avoid it even more than they did in the books. So, there you go. And, like, I super don't care about their problems. Like, this is the other problem. How can you say that? No, I mean, Hannah, I care immensely about their relationship problems. Uh I just don't care about their intimacy issues. Okay, that's fair. Those are separate. That sounds right. Anyway, he storms off, and that's that. So, Bella says goodbye to her parents in scenes that are very touching, and I've never cared less. (laughs) And as they drive away... She and Edward, she hears a sad wolf in the distance. Yeah. But enough of that, because they're in Rio now. And from there, they go to an island that Carlisle gave Esme, which has weird colonizer connotations to me, but that's (laughs) fine. Um, Maybe they were there before anyone, although they're not that old, actually. Yeah, they're not that old. I was thinking if it was basically an unoccupied island and they just kind of claimed it. Yeah, I mean, which is probably... Because it's, it's probably a really small island. It doesn't seem I like it's it good is. for anything. No, I think it is very small. The house is the bee's knees in the opposite way of the Carlisle's house. It's warm and fun, and it's not like the cold, modernist yeah. minimalism of their house. And, like, when I was seeing them walk around their house, <laughs> I was like, man, that must have cost a bundle. Like, to get people... Mm-hmm. To get all the materials out there, and the design built, and, like, the workers that you would need. That they probably just did it all themselves. I guess they have nothing but time. Well, except Carlisle, who is the only one with a job. Again, still. I mean, allegedly, but we never see him at work. We did when Bella was injured. Yeah, that one time. <laughs> Bella is having a panic attack over the idea of sex, the expectation she perceives, the lingerie Alice packed. I don't really know. Yeah, there's this montage that I think is supposed to be, like, fun, 
Like the music's peppy and like just makes me worried she's, about and, her. And she's like, I need like a minute like for human stuff. And then there's this montage where I'm expecting her to be doing like a bunch of things, but actually mostly what she does is brush her teeth, wash her face, and then pull out all of this weird lingerie that Alice has packed for her. Like Alice has never met her before. Yeah, I know. And I was like, well, that wasn't that much. I was expecting like more than that because you I set know. it up like this was going to be some like fun, awesome montage, and it wasn't. And then she has Although, a panic attack. We forgot what movie we were watching. That's on us. True. Fun and awesome. Yeah. No, 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 no. It doesn't make a lot of sense because you could wear a dirty mop on your head and dress in greasy napkins and this guy would still be like, that's great. I know. And also she's like brushing her teeth like, oh my gosh, my human breath. You guys were just making out. He clearly does not bothered by it. I know. And they're just going skinny dipping anyway, it turns out. And that's the activity you need the least prep for because anything you do is just going to get undone. I don't think that was the intention. I think she just went out. He was already skinny dipping. Oh, I see. And she just joined him. I see. Which I don't know how... Okay, there's this logic where she, like, didn't want to put on any of the skimpy lingerie because it was, I guess, too much for her. So instead, she just goes out there naked. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, even if you're feeling uncomfortable in the lingerie, it still covers you more than nothing. Yeah, I don't understand Bella, and it's really irritating the way that she's like, oh, that's too much, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because question number two. is too much for me. Right. This is too girly and feminine. I don't like it. Gender norms, no thank you. I'll just have every other gender norm. I'm shy and awkward, and I eat a lot, and I don't like girly things. Yeah. I like this dumb old truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hot girls need broken down pickups, Rose. Very true. But they I need feel like you've never America. even seen 10 things I hate about you. Also, did they not pack a bathing suit? Perhaps not. For their beach trip? I know they did because we see her on in one later on. So it's not like she had the option of lingerie or skinny dipping. Those were not the two <laughs> options. There was a bathing suit she apparently was not embarrassed to be seen in. Yeah. Even though it was a white, relatively skimpy bikini. Well, maybe we have another great message for young girls, and that's that you won't be comfortable with your body until you've had sex true i was i didn't think of that one but yeah. you're right i hope that's the case um <laughs> so they're gonna try sex and they say they'll stop if it doesn't work and the language of that is hilarious just this out of context thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, this whole thing was oh my god and they super duper break everything in the bedroom and i remember this scene this all this stuff being even dumber in the book <laughs> No, he like breaks the headboard with his mighty strength. And what's yeah. funny is like he's clenching the headboard and he breaks it under his grip. And then he moves his hand down to Bella. And I'm like, whoa, no. Yeah. Don't move it down to Bella. I know, right? Get a sturdy also, your bed. She looks up and she's like, it's okay. <laughs> and I'm like, except there's splinters and like <laughs> wood stuff everywhere now. As somebody who works all day with trees. And what is the structure of the That's bed? Not... Like, what is this done to the structure of the bed? Is the headboard needed to support the rest of it? Is the whole thing going to collapse now? It does collapse later, I think. It didn't look like a fun experience for me. Uh, it was the best night ever for both of them. So how dare you try to define their <laughs> well, experiences? Well, um, yeah. Bella wakes up and all the down feathers are floating everywhere because everything is broken and we get super chased it's flashback the morning, scenes though, by the way it is the morning the down feathers are still floating down. oh yeah no they <laughs> were you imagine that edward like fluffed them up before I she know. woke up we get super chased flashback scenes that had to be re-edited so they could get their their rating that they oh, wanted as she does all the things that nobody does in real life but they do in movies and in books like touch your lips as you remember a kiss Nobody does that. The, and this looked unnatural. Like, yeah, it wasn't I even... I mean, because normally when somebody touches their lips to remember a kiss, we're also not flashing back on the kiss. But then she touches everything else, Every too. part. Like, like my, oh, neck, my neck. The back of my head. And she's touching the back of Edward's head. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the same. Edward comes up, and he is... Riddled with guilt, because it's his only functional state. It is his only state. Um, he's also dressed like a high school nerd for the rest of their honeymoon, which is weird. Uh, and in Jessica's speech, she's like, or the hair, as we call him. And I'm like, then why is his hair literally the worst thing about this entire movie? Oh, yeah, it was flat. It didn't look good at any point. I know. It was terrible. 
Edward is super mad and guilty that she has bruises all over now, and they're hardly all over, and they're, they're extremely not mild. They're like light green. Yeah, exactly. And then she's mad at him for ruining everything, and I'm like, how did you expect a better outcome than this? <laughs> Have you guys met each other? He's going to be riddled with guilt over something Bella doesn't care about. Like, that's your entire relationship. And Bella's yeah. going to be annoyed that you're riddled with guilt over it. That's the rest of your lives together. <laughs> it totally is. But also, if you were worried about serious bodily injury, how is this not a great outcome? Yeah. No broken bones. Yeah. Not even any real bruises. Yeah. Nothing on the face. And we later see her again in her skimpy bikini and there's nothing. Yeah. So I they know. must have healed pretty quick. Yeah. They're f- everything's fine. He refuses to be with her again until she's changed, though. And the rest of their honeymoon is a montage of them playing chess and him avoiding her while she tries to seduce him because he's just trying to distract her the whole time. Yeah. And I guess she and finally And if I was Bella, succeeds. I would be like, okay, then let's just change me. Yeah, just change me right now. Because she's, like, like, literally so upset she's crying in bed one night. Yeah. And, oh, I guess those could be the hormones. Who knows? But... I just, oh my gosh. I was just like, then just get changed now. What does it matter? You can enjoy this island after you're a vampire. Done. I know. But yeah, after she's crying. There's nothing more romantic than having your life partner crying in bed. See, that's what I always say. Mark never agrees. (laughs) But it works on him because she does manage to seduce him. Okay, I thought so. I wasn't totally sure. Because we didn't get any awesome flashbacks. So how can I know? Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the res, Jacob is just thinking about how Edward's probably going to kill Bella and how then he'll get to kill Edward. But Sam is saying that he can't kill the Cullens if they turn her, no matter what the treaty says. He's like, you know, no, I'm in charge and I say it doesn't matter. Which, Which is totally fair because Bella made a choice. This isn't the same. Like, this clearly isn't the same right. as what the treaty was talking about. She's made an informed decision and she's had people trying to talk her out of it, including vampires, try and talk her out of it this entire time. Yeah, seriously. Leah, the only girl werewolf, as we will recall, correctly points out that it's not like Jacob imprinted on Bella and he just needs to forget about her. Yep. And then he, Jacob, starts railing against imprinting like it's super negative and looks at everybody else. The other the other werewolves who have imprinted are all over in a group with their girlfriends and enchanted and whatever. And he's like, you know, none of them belong to themselves anymore. And the sickest part is they're, they're like, DNA tells them they're happy about it. And I was like, welcome to marriage. <laughs> Welcome to marriage, but also that's only a slight exaggeration of what you already have for Bella. So yeah. it's pretty like you're over here miserable because the person you feel that way about just doesn't return your affections. But the other thing is, and I know imprinting is an extreme form of this, but like that's literally everyone on the face of the planet, unless you have no family and no friends. Like yeah. you're not it's the no man is an island thing. I know. Like If you belong to yourself, you're probably really unhappy. Right. So don't act like this is unusual. All it is, all it is, is a convenient plot device to confirm that you are, in fact, with your one true love. Indeed. Uh, So I'm glad he's as self-aware as any (laughs) 18-year-old. This might be the only direct reference we get to his friend who imprinted on a, like, five-year-old girl. Did you notice that? He was looking at all of the people who had imprinted, and then there was one guy crouched down by the ocean looking at it with a little girl. In the book, they talk about it more, and Bella's like, ew, how does that work? And the thing is, he won't start aging until he stops changing, so he can stay the same age until she's the right age, and then until then, like, he'll just be the best, like, big brother friend figure for her healthy yeah right doesn't that sound awesome because the person i want to wind up with is someone who was essentially my big brother until i hit sexual maturity yeah that's super not how that works and there are biological reasons for it yeah so these are like they're fated soulmates right i guess well what's weird is why would your fated soulmate be someone who's that much younger than you 
Because... Maybe they're not supposed to get together until she's, like, 25 and he's, like, 35. Yeah, I guess Although not. 40, probably. Like, 25 and 40. Gosh, that's but such a massive age difference. But only 17. So it's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's what we've learned from this movie. And it's also the thing of, like, that girl's gonna grow up knowing you have no option. Like, this is what you're winding up with forever. Just in case you were wondering. Well, and so I think what they... What she says is, like, what if... I mean, Bella in the last movie, I think, was like, well, what if they don't like you back? And you're like, well, how can you... Like, it's pretty hard to not love somebody who loves you that much. Cool. I was like, well, Tell that to everyone with a stalker. I know. I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> actually not the case, but okay. Yeah. Sure. I feel like more relationships should work then. Yeah. I know, There's right? always one person that's super committed. Exactly. So back on Isle Esme, the housekeeper comes in who suspects that the Collins are vampires and she's afraid for Bella and Edward thinks it's hilarious but it's actually really sweet and sad that this woman's over here terrified of this vampire and for this girl and he's like ah ha 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 she thinks I'm gonna kill you it's so funny also how's this woman working for vampires I feel like she probably feels like she doesn't have a choice first of all it seemed like her husband was probably the like go-between yeah and I mean, and I guess to be fair, they're they're never really there. Yeah, they're never there. Yeah. Anyway, later the next day, Bella wakes up and there's a note that Edward has gone to the mainland and will be back soon. She cooks herself breakfast, but throws it up. Can we please talk about breakfast real fast? For one thing, I don't understand the packaging that chicken was in that she cooks up. And then she cooks up like an entire chicken. She's sitting there with like a platter of chicken that she's eating. Yeah. I thought the signal that she was pregnant was going to be that she was eating so much chicken. <laughs> I know. That she was like, what's a normal breakfast? <laughs> right. Six chicken thighs? Done. Because I'm starving. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought it was like, oh, eating all this meat or whatever. Like, you're pregnant with a vampire baby. Nope. It's still it's still throwing up. Just yeah. so we know. it's The language for the movies is still consistent. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think this is important. So Edward comes back, so he's he's here just in time to see her throw up. And this is where, you know, they always say this. Once you're married, you learn things you didn't know about people before. So now Edward knows that Bella is a weirdo who doesn't lift the toilet seat when she throws up. <laughs> and then, when she's done, she closes the whole toilet seat, sits down on it, and never flushes the toilet. So that's incredibly weird. Especially because he's got to have a super sensitive nose. Yeah. No, it's terrible. Oh my gosh. Bella realizes that her period is late and she's all of a sudden like three months pregnant. (laughs) So Alice sees something, I guess, and she calls them right then. And all of them are on the phone just like, can this even happen? It turns out they've never heard of this happening before. They didn't know that it was possible. But guess what? It very clearly is. So the question is kind of dumb. The housekeeper came back to see if Bella was still alive and has seen this happen before or heard legends of it. Unclear. She says that Edward is a demon and only does bad and that he has killed Bella by doing this. He pleads with her to help Bella survive. So she helpfully feels Bella's stomach, confirms her own suspicion by saying death, and then walks away. This was such a pointless conversation. I guess it was yeah. supposed to be, like, foreshadowing for, like, ooh, something sinister is happening. But I was like, you contributed nothing to the conversation except for the fact that it is happening. Yeah, exactly. So Bella suspects, as they're leaving the island, that the solution to keeping her alive will be abortion. So she calls Rosalie and asks her to be her advocate in protecting the baby. Jacob finds out that Bella told Charlie, her dad that she was sick and delaying her return by two weeks. So Jacob drives over to the Cullens immediately, barges into their house. Like you do? Yeah, to ask about Bella. And then he finds out that she's there and they've been home for like two weeks. Um, So now, of course, she looks like she's seven months pregnant. Six or seven. And she's like really emaciated. Oh, she looks terrible. Yeah, she looks like she died two weeks ago. (laughs) But she won't let them do anything, even though Rosalie and probably Carlisle, because of, you know, patient's wishes, are on her side. Edward wants Jacob to try to convince Bella to have an abortion. Good luck! (laughs) Are you kidding me? He makes such a good point. Who do you think would ever be successful with that conversation when she's already made it pretty clear? Second of all... 
Are you kidding me? What? This is so weird that you're asking Jacob to do this, and it's super gross that you're asking her to do it at all. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, if Edward can't talk her into it, why does he think that Jacob can? He's like, you guys just are so close. Jacob correctly points out. He's like, you've never, ever listened to me before. I don't know why he thinks that you would listen to me now. Arguably, you'd think the fact that the pregnancy is shorter would be better. They don't seem to act like that, though. Yeah. They never really get into the fact. It seemed like she was emaciated, not because of the vampire-ness of the baby, but because... Of how fast the pregnancy was accelerating. So it was yeah. pulling more nutrients from her. and I. But I guess she couldn't keep food down. What I didn't understand is why they just weren't feeding her massive amounts of calories every day. Yeah, I don't get that. Do IVs. She And there was an IV for a while, but it just looked like it was fluid. Like it wasn't yeah, like a like stomach. Saline. Yeah, you'd think it, they would put in like a feeding tube or something. Yeah, I know. Like they spent all of this time. And I think this is like part of the problem this pregnancy lasts way too long because for one thing i don't care i already (laughs) know she's gonna keep the baby but also they wasted all this time talking about like oh let's try and talk her into having an abortion and they spent almost no time in talking about uh what do we do to make her healthy enough to have the baby i know that was not what any of them were thinking about they were like but we really should focus on getting her to have an abortion right so let's not even think <laughs> about how to get her healthy again let's not, just yeah. talk about this and have arguments about it don't worry they do bella isn't scared and doesn't think that she'll die uh, Which she thinks, hasn't thought through any of this, so nothing new there. Right, I know. Uh, although, to be fair, results speak for themselves. <laughs> she thinks that Carlisle can turn her at the last minute. Honestly, this would have been better and, like, nobler and more awesome if she had not cared if she would die. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the place that she gets to, but she also she also doesn't think that she will die. She always thinks that Carlisle's going to be able to save her. And Forever. this would have just been... So much more. Like, this was her moment to be, like, heroic. And, I know. And be like, I don't care if I die. Like, I want this baby to live. But, like, that, it never comes to that. Well, I think at one point they referenced it at least a little bit. Yeah. Jacob is mad that this is happening. Turns into a wolf. Runs all over the place. <laughs> and then he gets back to his wolf pack. And, of course, they can read his mind so they know what's happening. And Sam, the wolf pack leader, went from whatever to <laughs> we have to kill Bella so that thing doesn't get born. Because he assumes that it won't be able to control its thirst. So, huge 180 on that. Yeah, I mean, for one thing, it's a very small baby. Like, you think the Cullens are just going to let it run around killing whoever it wants? Like, they'll be able to control the baby and take it wherever they want until... I'm saying, there's like eight of them. Yeah. So... Unless they think it's going to be like a super vampire (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, But to be fair, like, literally everyone except Rosalie thinks that this baby is going to be a monster. Terrible. Like... I know Alice won't stop really calling it. really low standard. Yeah, Alice won't stop calling it the fetus. And every time Rosalie is like, the baby. Yeah. And Edward's like, it's a monster. Oh my God. Get it out of her. Get over yourself, Edward. So Jacob refuses to fight with the wolves to kill Bella. Not surprising. Yeah. And Sam tries to use his his place as the pack leader to get him... To back down, which should work because you really, like, you have to do what the pack leader says. But because Jacob could have been the pack leader, decided not to, I guess he still has the ability to do that. And so he basically just breaks off from the pack and goes to the Cullens. So this is what's dumb. He breaks off from the pack and joins the Cullens, but... He has the potential to be the pack leader, which means he could take over the werewolf pack and just order them to not kill Bella. I feel like he might have to kill Sam first to do that. He's going to have to kill Sam anyway because he's taking Bella's side, in, which is going to mean fighting off the werewolves. <laughs> what does hey. we think this is going to end in? I think this is going to end in no major characters <laughs> getting hurt because she's been unwilling to do that so far. <laughs> well, true. She is a big old coward about that. So... Seth, the cute little werewolf, mm-hmm. also shows up and wants to help, and he's so cute. He is. Leah, Seth's sister, also shows up to back up Seth because she doesn't want him getting killed in a big fight. And because she doesn't want to be part of her ex-boyfriend's pack. Yeah, right, and connected to his thoughts all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's completely fair. So they are cut off from the thoughts of the other wolves now. They patrol the property. I would like to know how Seth and Leah could cut themselves off from the pack. I guess if you just go and, like, follow a different person who's, like, legitimately a pack leader, it just, like... That's your pack now. They don't, I don't explain know. it. <laughs> One of so many things they don't Because explain. it doesn't seem like they form a new pack. It's just like they're not part of the old pack. Yeah, I, I, they, they don't go into it enough for us to know. I really, I'm not sure. Uh, suffice it to say, it's very, as is most of this movie, it's a very convenient plot device. Yes. Like, all of a sudden, this is a thing. Oh, but also werewolves can do this. Oh, but also because Jacob was this, he can do this now. Yeah. It may shock you to know that that's what Stephanie Mayer's writing turned into. <laughs> Much like Edward's dark past coming from nowhere. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, back in the house... Carlisle's looking at an x-ray, and the baby has broken one of Bella's ribs. He says the baby isn't compatible with her body and is overpowering her. It's taking all of her nutrients. I don't understand how this pregnancy works, and I don't think it would. (laughs) I spent a lot of time while these super boring scenes were playing out thinking about the nature of this pregnancy. I think that her body would honestly miscarry the pregnancy. Oh, for for sure. It's, It's like it's not working. I don't think that this would ever have reached this stage. Well, and so this is what happens. When he said the baby's not compatible with your body, I thought that that meant the, like, the very real issue where sometimes blood types are different. Right. And, yeah, that that doesn't mean, like, oh, we just find the right thing to feed you. And, like, you know, when he says this, it's like, oh, it's killing you. But he says it, like, in a way where it's irreversible, not, oh, we'll just figure out what to feed you later, and then you're fine. Yeah, and, and well, yeah, geez, and in some ways it's kind of is irreversible. Well, for me, I just think that if the body, if the baby was putting that much of a strain on your body, your mm-hmm. body would be like, well, that's not sustainable, mm-hmm. and miscarry the baby. Yeah, no, that's not... It's not unthinkable that that would happen. Because if your body was under that much pressure, like, the baby wouldn't be able to develop properly anyway. It wouldn't kill you. It would (laughs) just not develop. Right. So, basically, once again, questioning whether Dr. Cullen is actually a doctor. (laughs) Or whether Stephanie Myers knows anything about, you know, pregnancies. I'm not questioning that. (laughs) I've not questioned her authority on anything she's ever written about. She seems very knowledgeable about all of it. Uh, She should run a relationship advice column. Edward is super mad that Bella won't kill the baby and says he couldn't even tolerate the baby if it killed her. Which is super fair of you, dude. Yeah. Like, this is your fault way more than the baby's, so why, yeah, you should definitely punish the baby. Yeah. And this is where... He's already decided the baby's a monster, though. I'm like, you were, oh, a terrible father. I know, right? This is the kind of thing that leads to terrible abuse to children. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah, so this is where he's like, I don't want to live if you're not here. And she's like, well, you're going to have to because you're going to have a son. Well, because she thinks that it's going to be a boy this whole time for no reason. And he's like, oh, you think I could tolerate it at all if it killed you? And I was like, ooh, a lot of morality judgments (laughs) being slung around here as far as people killing other people. (laughs) I know you're feeling guilty, but this is not great. Hopefully the baby doesn't have the same power you do or it's going to know all this stuff. Yeah. So anyway... Alice wishes that she could see what the baby wanted, and then maybe they could make Bella healthier. Jacob thinks that it probably just wants to sink its teeth into somebody, and Carlisle, and everyone's like, oh, good idea, huh? How is this not the first thing they tried? This is shocking that they didn't try this before. They're like, oh, maybe Bella needs to drink blood. And you're like, you didn't think of that before, you idiot? For a vampire baby? Yeah. At least eat a bunch of red meat, man. Like, eat your steak raw. Like, what's going on here? I know. So Carlisle gets some donated blood from his office, which is, I guess, where you keep that (laughs) in your house. 
Bella drinks it and it makes her much healthier. It has to be human blood because whatever. I don't know. Right. Well, I assume it's because she's in a fragile state and the baby and everything. Yeah, exactly. So it needs to be the primo stuff. (laughs) Exactly. Bella's dad is still freaking out that she hasn't come home yet, which is... Well, because she's hopefully like, oh, yeah, I'm going to like a clinic in Switzerland. Why didn't you just say I'm extending my honeymoon? Yeah, that's what you should have said. Because Edward is super rich. That makes... And you guys don't have jobs. I mean, (laughs) and you don't need to have jobs ever. So that would make a lot more sense. Yeah. Saying I'm going to a specialty clinic in Switzerland is not yeah, reassuring ever. I know. Uh, my illness is so bad that we need to go to a different country. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's more of a spa, really. It's more of a spa. Yeah. Anyway, so Edward finally apologizes for being so angry and leaving her basically alone in the worst pregnancy anyone's ever had. <laughs> Good job, Edward. Edward realizes all of a sudden that he can hear the baby's thoughts, and now he's super happy because he sees that the baby is happy and good and pure, and it's like Bella. And he's like, oh, I thought it would be like me, but it's like you. And I thought he meant as far as powers go, but then he was just like, it's not a monster like me. It's good like you. And I was like, oh, that's weird. What a weird thing to say. So Jacob has the misfortune to walk up and see them canoodling over this baby joy, He's sad, but he wants to help Carlisle and Esme hunt so that they'll be ready for the birth and strong enough. Um, The problem is the other werewolves have basically decided it's open season on Cullens, and so they will kill them if they get the chance while they're hunting. Jacob goes to meet the wolves in the forest and says that he wants them to take Seth and Leah back so that they don't get hurt. And then to let Jacob wait until Bella has the baby and then he'll kill it. Because he's the only one who can get close enough because they trust him. The vampires successfully hunt while they're having this conversation. And then the wolves are like, oh, you played us. This was but, such a dumb, but, pointless but scene. But he didn't, like, he wasn't really playing them, though, I don't think. I couldn't figure out if he was playing them or not. Like, it kind of seems like <laughs> it was an option he was keeping in his brain, but he wasn't fully committed to it. Like, yeah, I wasn't really sure... I wasn't sure where he was going with this. And it was weird that that actually distracted them from the vampires hunting. Especially since not all of the werewolves were even there. Yeah. Like, Sam wasn't even there. They were out watching, anyway. Uh, Back at home, Bella reveals her terrible baby names. EJ for Edward Jacob. Jacob. That's never Mm going to cause a problem in your marriage later on. Yeah. Edward's I, super cool, by the way, with Edward uh, Jacob being in the game. Yeah, he's fine with it. I he's gotten over be. all of his jealousy. I know, he completely has. Because there's stuff that happens in here where I'm like, I wouldn't be okay with that. Like, he, you guys have not been married that long. He's like, the ring's on my finger now. I won. <laughs> I don't know. The other name is Renesme. Renesme, which now there are people walking around with this name because Stephanie Meyer wrote this book. And she bears the moral responsibility (laughs) for that. So I have a question. In the movie, and maybe you don't remember this, but in the movie they have a conversation where half the people are like, that's the worst name on the face of the planet. And Mm -hmm. Edward's like, I like it. It's cute and original, like our daughter will be. Did that conversation happen in the book or did they write it into the movie because everyone acknowledged what a terrible name it was? I honestly don't remember. I am betting they did have that conversation in the book, though. Because that's even worse. <laughs> like, that she acknowledges that it's a terrible name and she uses it anyway. I know. I know. It's a, So it's a combination of Bella's mother's name, Renee, and Esme, Carla, or Esme Cullen. Who's so, kind of, but not really Edward's mother. Yeah, exactly. So Renesme, um, which is weird because it's also such a childish way to show that you care about people. The only names that she thought of were the combination of names of people who are important to her. Right. And that's a really childish way to make names, I think. No, it totally is. Yeah, especially the idea that you can't just name them after one person. You have to name them after multiple people, ideally in an original name. It's like, it's like, and Edward Jacob is actually much less awful than. Oh yeah, that's fine. Renesme because someone EJ is not. (laughs) No, EJ is not great. But yeah, because then you would just call them a variation of Edward. Yeah, hopefully Ted. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Ted the Vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Also, honestly, like, I get that Esme is, like, 
playing the role of Edward's mom, but, like, Esme was made after Edward. Yeah. Edward had an actual mom who he knew. I know, and he would know her name. Yeah. So it's really weird. Yeah, Esme is not, in fact, his mother, just in case you were wondering. (laughs) Nobody was, Rose. Nobody was. Bella, at that moment, falls down hilariously. It was so funny, and it's supposed to be so dramatic and serious. (laughs) Because her spine, like, bends back all crazy. Right. So all of a sudden, they have to do surgery without Carlisle there because he's out doing God knows what. This is the scene that I was looking forward to ever since I heard that it existed in the book. So apparently, Edward and Jacob, uh, Robert Pattinson and Taylor Lautner, both had to really struggle not to laugh during this whole scene. I bet. For, like, five that's and I really strange. feel like that's why they showed it the way they did. With yeah. Like, because it's, it's supposed to be from Bella's perspective of what's happening, and she's right. going in and out of it. So we're just seeing flashes of stuff. Yeah. Which is probably the best way they could have shown this. I just... Oh, yeah. It would have been way too ridiculous any other way. Honestly, I didn't even, like, it's it's too ridiculous that I didn't even make any notes. But basically, you know, they're like, oh, we got to get the baby out. And Edward has to rip the baby out with his teeth. Yes. This was the point when I was like, I have to see this scene in the movie. Yeah. They so, don't show enough of it. But we, they it definitely happens. Yeah, exactly. They show almost none of it. Because, like, it was taking too long to cut her open with a scalpel, so he just rips her open? I don't know. They don't explain why it happened. Because Rosalie has a scalpel, and she's performing a C-section. right. So what happens is Rosalie starts to do it, but then it's, like, too much fresh human blood for her, and she just, like, pauses, and she's, like, staring at it. And Alice is like, no, you need to leave now. And so then she leaves with Rosalie. So then it's just her husband and her, like, would-be ex-boyfriend... And what, Rosalie takes the scalpel with her? Come on, man. Yeah, she totally does. <laughs> he pulls the baby out. It's a girl. It's ridiculously huge. So they used a three-week-old baby, and, I mean, I was like, there's no way that was in there. Well, you know, that her pregnancy was accelerating quickly. Maybe it grew that much in the time it took him to pull her <laughs> out of the womb. Maybe so. Mysteriously, there's no blood around the eyes or nose of this baby actor, which I thought was so funny. Although there is just, like, weird smudges of blood around Edward's mouth, but, like, not enough that I realistically believe that he tore her open with his mouth. I know. But enough that it will constantly remind me of what just happened. I know. I know. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So they then they're just cooing over the baby. Like, all of them. And then they forget. Like, you performed a C-section. Sew her up. But, like, not even a good one. No. She's for sure bleeding out right yeah. now. But they totally forget to turn Bella. And then she nearly How dies. How is this not Edward's number one priority? He completely forgets about it. And then he was like, oh, right. She's, <laughs> like, maybe dead right now. So I've got to get. And he, I guess they got a syringe of his venom to inject her with. I don't know how that happens. Um, I hope it's, like, milking snakes. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Anyway, she's so far gone that he's doing chest compressions for, like, a whole minute, and everybody thinks that she's dead. And he does, like, some half-hearted bites on He bites her all over to see if that will make it work better. And I was like, well, that's interesting because you've already bitten her. You bit her to get the baby out, so that should have already turned her. You know what I mean? I think it's, like, it requires a bunch of bites. Like, it requires a bunch of the venom to be in there. But I am like, you injected her with a huge syringe full of venom. And you're not, it's not like you're instantly now biting her a whole bunch. Like, it, this didn't seem like the A effort. I'm not sure Edward actually wanted Bella to make it. Maybe he rethought it now that he had a little girl. He was like, oh, man, he was like, so oh I don't really need a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he put his A game into this effort at all. Fair enough. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think that you need multiple bites because when James bit her, she started to turn and that was just one bite. Maybe James is just more potent than Edward is. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Jacob is super upset and goes outside and Seth and Leah are there and they, and there's another wolf there in the yeah. background. And everyone's like, oh, Bella secretly, died. And they're like, oh, Bella's dead. But Bella isn't dead. We get a shot of her interior, like blood and stuff being changed. 
and she's in a lot of pain. She's just in a coma, like, she's, like, catatonic. So everybody thinks that she's dead. I don't know how there's no way for vampires to know whether or not she's dead or not. Like, yeah, they should be able, for one thing, vampires should be able to smell death. They Mm -hmm. should be able to hear heartbeats. They should be able to know if blood is moving in veins. And even if vampires' hearts don't beat, which I don't know how that could be true, but the the blood should at least be moving around the veins somehow. Yeah, that is true, but they're made of porcelain, so <laughs> they don't really need that. True. Yeah. That doesn't come up nearly enough in this <laughs> no. movie. Uh, not at all. <laughs> Probably won't until the next movie. Rosalie has the baby downstairs, and Jacob decides to go in and kill it. Back on the res... Paul, who's, I guess, Sam's number two werewolf, tells Sam, the pack leader, that Bella is dead, and they go to the Cullens also. As Jacob walks up behind Rosalie to kill the baby with the creepiest face in the world, (laughs) he imprints on her. Because we can't have anyone left lonely in this series. No, and it's also used as an explanation for the reason why he was so hopelessly in love with Bella. He doesn't have any of those feelings for her after the baby is born, so it's like he was like precog in love with her baby. That's even creepier. <laughs> Isn't it? It's, it's the worst. creepier to fall in love with someone you love's child. Ha- explain how. <laughs> no. Name six ways that's creepy. <laughs> it's just like it's like what is it, deer skin or whatever? Oh, it's just yeah. like It gets into weird areas real fast. Oh, no. In a way that I don't think Stephanie Myers fully acknowledges. She's never once owned up to any of her creepy nonsense. (laughs) Or abusive nonsense. I mean, if you're going to have weird stuff in your books, can you at least acknowledge how creepy it is? No. I want everyone to think this is healthy and normal, she said about everything. Oh, my gosh. And now he's essentially going to raise this baby and then marry it, which is... Also just so Living the dream. <laughs> Living the dream. You can really mold her into exactly who you want in a partner in life. Yeah, that doesn't already have a name and is a bad <laughs> thing called grooming that people, abusers use. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound familiar. Yeah. Anyway, that's what this movie is really famous for, is this creepy, creepy, <laughs> creepy baby face. They used like 30 different faces to make this thing and you're like, yeah, it shows. <laughs> Couldn't have just used a real baby and changed the eye color or something. No, it had to be weird. <laughs> well, it needed to be also cre- is equally creepy as everything else that's happened in this movie, which means that they took a bunch of magazine images of baby <laughs> faces and just cut parts of them out and glued right, them together. Exactly. And it worked great. Just as well, really. Yeah. It kind of would have been better, actually. Edward leaves Bella on the table where she is to go meet... The werewolves with Jasper and Alice because everybody else is gone. <laughs> There's a rumble with uh, the vampires and the werewolves. A very short one where no one gets hurt. Right. Esme, Emmett, and Carlisle come back just in time to help. And Jacob runs outside to protect Renesme. Edward reads his mind, helpfully telling the audience what's happening, saying that he's imprinted on Renesme and that werewolves' most absolute law that we're just now hearing about... Is that they can't hurt anyone another wolf has imprinted on ever. Convenient. How how is this the most absolute werewolf Most important thing in the world. I mean, it's like, it's just in case we were wondering if we were in a romance series, this is somehow the unbreakable werewolf rule Mm -hmm. is the one involving matters of the heart. Yeah, it's not don't disobey your pack leader, don't hurt humans. Don't kill other werewolves. (laughs) Nope, that's not it. Uh, yeah, don't, don't tell anyone that werewolves exist. That's way down on the list. Always protect the pack that you're from, or the, the tribe that you're from. Third or fourth. Kill all vampires. That's like number two. (laughs) No, it's, you can't kill anyone a a werewolf has imprinted on, even if it turns out they're a serial killer. Yeah. So I guess we got lucky here. (laughs) Basically. We don't know that, though. Well, yeah, and that's why the other wolves are mad, I guess. <laughs> so, this is a dumb rule. I don't know how you could say that about anything in this movie. <laughs> or the franchise. Oh my gosh. What is going on? Well, nothing good, because Bella's still on the table, and they dress her and make her pretty and just leave her there on the table alone. 
Yeah, it's it's literally like she got taken to the funeral home and they're like prettying her up for the funeral. It's it's creepy. It's a little bit weird, especially so soon after she's died. I know. It's very strange. And I can't tell if they know that she's still alive or not. We watch her change and like her face change and she looks better and not like a skeleton. Yeah, anymore. it's like slowly we see her ribs pop back up and like yeah. her stomach fill out and then slowly the transformation was actually pretty well done from good. like a subtlety point of view. Yeah. Although I do think it's a little <laughs> bit weird that finalizing your change into a vampire gives you eye makeup. I just, isn't that strange? It gives you eyeshadow, which is a bummer because you can't ever change your look. It's also a little bit weird that it affects her hair, which is not a living part of your body. Yeah. Well, neither is your eyeshadow. But, yeah, is this The like hair a... was weird because you no, literally see the transformation of, like, the prettiness going down her hair and, like, like brightening it up and making it fluffier and all this. And I'm like, your hair is not alive. Like I know, but vampires are magic. Is this also, like, an interview with a vampire thing where your hair can never change? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. So we also flash through every single memory in her life. For um, some reason. Yeah, including, like, when she was a baby. How, why is this happening? I don't. Which is weird because they imply that you can remember everything with perfect clarity, even if you weren't a vampire when it happened. But in the books, they imply that that's not true because one of his arguments for turning her before their honeymoon is, well, don't you want to be able to remember everything perfectly? And she's like, no, I want to experience this as a human. That would be really awful to remember everything with perfect clarity. Yeah, that sounds like a curse, not a happy thing yeah so edward walks up to the table she's lying on and the last shot we see is a close-up of her reddish eyes opening the world holds its breath (laughs) oh my gosh end of movie and i was so sad it was over at only two hours well there is a a mid-credit scene oh is there i missed it (laughs) i don't what what was it? It was the Volturi. So they do their their opening credits, which were very weird looking in comparison to the re- feel of all of the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then there's a mid credit scene where the Volturi are basically informed of the new member in the Collins. What do they call him? Covens. I don't sure. know. Sure, Covens. <laughs> yeah, a Parliament of Vampires. <laughs> yes. Murder of vampires. (laughs) Which I thought was Bella, but maybe it was the baby. They never say who it is. I really feel like it's supposed to be Bella. But then the head vampire is like, oh, but they have something I want, which has to be the baby. I was mostly distracted by the, like, human secretary type woman who brings them the note and she doesn't put an S in Carlisle and like literally they kill her for the offense. What? Oh yeah. That's hilarious. It was, it was weirdly funny, but also I'm like, how are you still with them? Because she was terrified the whole time she was in front of them. I'm like, are they keeping you here as a prisoner? Oh my goodness. Okay. So they probably were talking about the baby. I don't know. I never saw the last movie. This was the last movie I saw. Yeah. On my own. Yeah. I had not seen this one ever. So. Yeah. It took me years. It took me years before I was like, oh, I should see that. Yep. You know? And then Pretty I never wound up watching the last one. Yeah. That's you, how good it is. <laughs> yeah. After you saw how little it crammed into two hours. <laughs> yeah. So this movie was, of course, wildly successful. Uh, Its budget was $110 million. I don't know how they managed to spend $110 million. Isn't that bonkers? I looked at that number and was like, how even? They submit almost all of the effects money. Like, a lot of the money was effects, and pretty much all of it was spent on Bella for her pregnancy. Which I still don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they could have made her just look less awful and spent less money on it. Because honestly... It didn't really look that realistic to me. No, and I it, think because I knew it wasn't real. Like, yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like, it go, it, when it's that serious, you just look at it and, and that's all I could think about, too. All I could think about was what are the effects that were, like, how did they do the effects? And, like, you're just thinking about the fact that it's not real. Yeah. 
So it's it's really not more effective. Yeah. So the budget was $110 million, and the box office was $712 million. Dang, they did not overspend, shockingly, at $110 million. I know, for something that's just the worst, this movie. They already knew at this point what their fan base was, and they knew they were going to get this much. Yeah. So it, it doesn't matter to them. Yeah. So how do you feel like diving in to an even more classic romance? Ooh, uh, great. Then you will be super happy that we're doing Tristan and a Soul next. <gasps> oh, snap. I have never seen that, and I kind of always wanted to because it looked like a mess. Oh, it was. Who's in that? James Franco. Okay, I thought so. And Sophia Miles is the woman. Oh, yes, of course. She was the blonde woman in Underworld. Yes. Well, and also um, Rufus Sewell. Ooh, I love him. And Henry Cavill. Nice. Produced by the Scott brothers, Tony and Ridley Scott. Okay, that's a really weird thing for them to produce. Oh, yes. And it also bankrupted the production company that made it. Are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness. I assume it was the last of a long series of bad decisions. Yeah. But it's boating pretty well for the movie. Can you imagine having seeing this movie and being like, this is, this is what's going to save us? I really hope no one thought that. <laughs> We'll find out. That's what's next on More is More. For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.